Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, directed by Francis Lawrence and released in 2013. It's out in cinemas now, so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to come back to this episode later. I've just realized that the director and the star have the same last name. Yeah, I noticed that the other day. I've not heard of Francis Lawrence. He did, like, TV shows, I think. Ah, okay. Something like Game of Thrones or oh, something. That, no. No, you're thinking of the guy who directed Thor, Alan Oops. Taylor. He had just come off – Had to. he had to finish Game of Thrones for he did oh, Thor. Yeah. Francis – okay. Then anyway, we'll, I'm mixing him up with somebody else. No, that's all right. Um, plot summary. Plot summary. Anyway. Yeah. Plot summary. After surviving the Hunger Games, Katniss Everdeen just wants to live a normal life, but the president has other ideas for her as a revolution begins around the country. Ooh. Okay, so Francis Lawrence isn't quite as unknown as I just said he was, which is really terrible. He's done some quite well-known stuff, like I Am Legend and Ugh. Water for Elephants. Yeah, I'm not saying it. I haven't seen it. I can't really say. Oh, I Am Legend has one really great scene, mm. and the whole rest of it is kind oh, of bad. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Um. so Hunger Games, I've seen it twice Yeah. <laughs> in two days. Yes, that's right, you did. We went to see it Friday night, and then you raced back out to see it again Saturday night when one well, of your friends Well, I was invited back to. out to see a movie, and I was like, I'd see the Hunger Games again, but I don't know about anything else. And he went, okay, let's do that. And I went, okay. Yay, cool, Hunger Games. So, Hunger Games again. Mm. Um. I guess it's not a huge surprise that I liked it. No, not at all. Not really. It's so, exciting. Um, how did you feel about it? I liked it, but it suffered from that middle of a series problem where it just ends in the middle of nowhere and it yeah. really ends suddenly. This is not uh, like Harry, Harry Potter number seven, part one, and had like they, they made a little ending for yeah. it, even though it was halfway through a series and it still felt a bit weird. The, and, and The Lord of the Rings, we have like some scenic stuff and whatnot at the end just to kind of, you know, make you realize that everyone's okay just now. But it, re- it just stopped. Yeah. Just as it was getting interesting, just as it was getting stuff, I, I want to know what happens with the revolution and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, it's no secret. This is my sec- uh, This is my favorite book in the series. Oh, okay. Um, I've read the books. Yep. Um, and, and I haven't. It does basically end like that without right. the stupid little pin fire thing that, you know, the rotating pin that changed into the different things. Yeah, the Mockingjay pin. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that bit. Okay. That bit like really seemed so cheesy to me. But anyway, oh, okay. um, I just it was almost it's... worse than it just ending. Oh, okay. I just figure that's visual shorthand because they, they're making it for people like me who haven't read the books, maybe? Right. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. It just kind of bothered me. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so this movie follows on from the first one um, where yeah. Katniss and her love interest, Peter, were in the Hunger Games together, yeah. um, which is, you know, they had to kill a bunch of other kids. Although I don't think – I think they kill like one kid each maybe. Right. Um, and then they managed to survive because Katniss found some poison berries and said, let's both eat them. And instead of both of them dying, they decided to save both of them because they'd mm-hmm. become big hits. Yeah. And so um, – and as such, they uh, captivated the audience with this love story and have become – to some parts of the population, they've become this cute distraction from the world, which is how the capital views them. For other parts of the population, they've seen, they're seen as standing up to the man and a right. symbol for revolution. So it was – I mean, to say they is kind of – Generous. It's mostly Peter. Katniss. Yeah, Peter Bless has very little to do with it. People like Peter, mm. but Katniss is the symbol of the revolution. She is the Mockingjay, which is a kind of bird, and and mm. it symbolizes the revolution. Yep. Um. And so that's what she's become for them. And then you see the symbol of the revolution everywhere. Um. That's a spoiler. <laughs> because you don't really know that right at the beginning. Although you do kind of get a lot more of that information in this movie than you do in the book. 
because okay. obviously the book's from Katniss's perspective. Yep. Um, I think it's quite a clever shift that they did because you she get doesn't to see... realise that the, that is what's going on really. Yes. She's not, she just knows she's a symbol of something. She doesn't realise that there's other well, people. Well, I don't think she knows... I, she doesn't really know that she's the symbol of the revolution at all or she's a symbol of anything. Until she um, goes out on tour because it's pretty yeah. obvious then. Yeah, I know, but she doesn't... Oh, in the movies, in book versus books, okay. I mean, she does realise that people are uh, looking up to her and that sort of thing, mm. but the Mockingjay thing and how important she is is not something that she really knows, especially the Mockingjay thing, which is important because um, the only sort of major change or minor change, I suppose, that kind of stu- stood out for me in this one was um, there's this bit where she talks to Plutarch Heavensby, right? Um, they the dance names, together. The names, yeah. <laughs> um, mm. So Plutarch Heavensby is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman and wonderfully played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought he was great. But did you just say Philip Seymour Hoffman? I think I did. <laughs> it's okay, continue. Um, but you don't have any indication in the movies that he might be a good, in the movie that he might be a good guy. The book has this scene where he shows her his watch um, when they dance, and the watch has a Mockingjay on it, oh. and it's a hint because the arena that they go into is a clock. Spoilers! I oh, wouldn't we've have known... told spoilers. At the no, but of the... that's a spoiler for the third oh. book. I wouldn't no, have known that what? he's a good guy. You know it at the beginning oh, of the movie right, when right, he's right. there and he oh, saved yeah, them, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's on the ship. And <laughs> right, of course, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> he, he walks out on. Nap. Yeah, he walks on out on President Snow. Right, right. Yes, yes. yes. So no, in a really no, great scene. I like that bit. There aren't a lot of hints on no. that. No, and I and from as someone who's only watched the movies, I the Mockingjay thing is a bit hard to understand because you hear you hear very occasional references to the birds, the mocking the Mockingjays, but it's not really made overt as to why they've chosen that as their symbol because of Rue. Rue whistled and made the mocking jays copied her oh, and then she okay. died and right, and right. um or and Katniss yep. was singing to them and all that stuff. So right. it's because of um Rue's death and, oh, yeah, and okay. Katniss becomes their symbol. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's why she's the mocking jay. But you don't like you keep seeing symbols and stuff because the movie is a more visual medium, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need that Plutarch Heavensby bit, but it also means that you don't know anything um, about him, which kind of works because you get all that chess master stuff with him, mm. which I thought was and, – and you get to see Philip Seymour Hoffman and Donald Sutherland, who play, plays President Snow, in these great scenes together. Yeah, I liked them actually making a Heavens Be More ambiguous. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's a good well, change. Well, he he's still ambiguous sort of in the books, but you kind of realise yeah. later on that he might be a good guy somewhere mm. around the games, I think. You realise that he, he's a good guy mm. or he might be and um, you don't get that at all in the movie. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the only thing that sort of, and I understood why they did it. Yeah. The other thing that kind of bothered me was there's a lot more kissing with Gail in this and she instigates a lot more kissing yeah. in the movie, which probably is also because it's a visual medium and you can't hear what she's thinking and all that sort of right, stuff. Right, right. But they really kind of make it look like. She's leaving behind her boyfriend at home and then. And, and then just moving on straight away it, to somebody else, which is not. It is a bit awkward, but I mean, you you feel for her enough that you understand why when she's away that. Peter's the is the person she relies on there, and she knows that she can rely on. And I sort of understand why that relationship builds, and why she you seems- might move or like you might. But yeah, it does seem like she's left a boyfriend at home, which is you know a bit of a dick move. I know, and she seems yeah. to be like the books make it clearer that she cares more for Peter. Yeah. Um, and the movies don't so much, but I think you do once you get into the games. But then it's like, well, why does she like both of them? And it's yeah. a lot more like. That did you were you the one who posted the comic of her being like why is everybody crushing on me I just want to like 
Yeah, Kill I was. People. That's me. Um, I just want to get us all safe and stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. She's she doesn't actually want to be involved with either of them, but the both both of them are kind of her emotional support in wh- in whichever place she's in because Peter isn't so much her support when she's back in District Twelve. Well, she doesn't. She she doesn't sort of give him the opportunity to be true a lot. Like he but because it, of what happened after the games, he believes she did it all for the cameras, right? Um, and she. Let's him believe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't really know how she feels, to be fair, which is fine. Yeah, and but um, the way I read it though is that she's known Gail a lot longer. Yeah, and also he, she, and he go back to a slightly more simpler time in her life before there was ever a Hunger yeah. Games, and she he's a part of a, he he kind of represents a break from that Hunger Games world mm. in a, a lot more, which is I think why she does tend to rely on him when she's at home. Yeah, as as opposed to Peter when she's anywhere else. Like, she's actually got more important things on her mind and more important things to do than worry about boys. Yeah. Although, yeah, it, there's this great bit where she comes in um, after they find out they're going to be in the Hunger Games again. She comes to Hamish and he says, um, Peter was here 45 minutes ago. And then he says, um, you could live a thousand lifetimes and never deserve that boy. Which yeah. I, like that I thought that was really sweet because Peter is absolutely wonderful guy. Mm. He really is. He's a lovely boy. Yeah, and I like. I really like the way Josh Hutchison plays him. There's this bit mm. when Katniss is freaking out because of the Jabber Jays, which are the birds that sound like her sister and Gail, oh, yeah, and they're yeah. all screaming. Yep. Um, and he is on the other side of this barrier, mm-hmm. and he like tries to help her, and he puts his face up against the barrier so that he can be like closer to her. Yeah. I thought that was a really sweet little yeah moment. I, I know we're dwelling on this Peter Katniss thing, but the thing, the other thing about Peter is that. Uh, only someone who's been in a Hunger Games can understand what it's like to be in a Hunger Games, mm. which is why she bonds with him and Hamish. And it's something that Gail can never understand mm. and her family, no matter what, how much they love her and how much they support her. It's not them that have to go out there and do it. Mm. And the other thing is, yeah, Gail is kind of this hot-headed character who he wants to be involved in this revolution, but he doesn't or rebellion, yeah. but he doesn't really know what that means. No. Um, and he's never he, and that's it. He's never had to kill anybody. Yeah. He's never had to play these games. So it's it is a different experience for him. Um, and then you get to meet all these other victors in this movie, which are like a whole bunch of fan favorite characters. And it was so oh, much Joanna. fun. Oh, Joanna, yeah. she's my new favorite person. She's I love her. So great. Jenna Malone plays her so so well. Yeah, she's just this like fireball. She's so great. Mm. She's got so much energy and, and, and uh Finnick. Finnick was cool too. Yeah. Finnick is a big fan favourite. Yeah. Lots of people love Finnick. No, I liked um, him, but I, I mean I really, really liked Joanna. But yeah. she was fantastic. But I also think the casting on this movie is amazing. Yeah. Like better than Harry Potter amazing. The they got so many of them right and so many sort of choices that you might not think of mm. that were really, really good, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, also, Elizabeth Banks, who was Effie oh, Trinket in both movies. Right. Effie is, I think, my favourite. She's amazing mm. um, because she's this, like, spoiled capital person. Right. But she's come into this world and she Yeah, and her job about- is looking after District 12 and yeah. she's really – Thanks to uh, Tumblr and its fondness for gifting everything. Before this one came out, there was pictures from the trailer showing yeah. the difference of her introducing the two of them, first movie and the second movie, and the way that she's grown to. Uh, in the first movie, she's all smiles on. In the second one, you see her saying smiles on, and you know that she's got, she's talking herself into it as much as she is mm. everybody else. And you see her 
terrified for these kids and wanting just to kind of make them bond as a team and really let them know that she's there for them. And I, yeah, I really like her. She's also interesting because she's somebody who presents a different kind of, um, it's interesting to see how everybody copes with things and her way of like fighting the battles and coping is the big costumes and the makeup and like her armor. Yeah. And she goes in and she wages wars of words, basically. She makes them famous. She makes people love them. She makes them, she tries to keep them on track to not get in trouble. She's running the propaganda war. Exactly. And she's such an interesting sort of um, character because she could be seen as this really vapid capital um, person and Mm. she becomes much more interesting than that. And there's also the fact that in the first one she's got all this white makeup and in the second one she's much more natural looking. Yeah. um, Which is part of her growing closer to them as well. Yeah, yeah, And brings me to the subject of the costumes. Oh, yes. And – Lenny Kravitz gets the delightful role of the stylist, and he does this amazing job. I Sina. was yes, Sina. I was reading some um, this stuff about him about about this the other day, where they compare uh, Sina's like got this really maternal role with Katniss, and it's really it's really very sweet. And there's not obviously there's not enough time to get into it in the movies, but it is it's very obvious that he's all about making her like using the clothes and stuff to make her prepared, comfortable, mm. armoured, ready to take things on. And that's, and I believe that's why they do the, the Katniss braid and the much copied Katniss braid even by me. And that's that's why they've, you know, he, he's very, he cares a lot about them. And he, he the way he can show that he cares is through that hair and makeup. Mm. And it, he's part of Effie's propaganda war. He's, you know, gets her out there in a wedding dress that turns into a Mockingjay dress. And um, so he does some amazing stuff that kind of, yeah, helps build them up like that, which is great, yeah. I think. And then even President Snow's um, granddaughter is copying the Katniss braid, which was not mm. part of the books, but I really liked that bit. No, I like that touch because it's what's happened. Like- it's also it. There's a lot of focus on the costumes and the clothes and and stuff in the books. Yeah, and I think they they really care about p- portraying that properly on screen. Yeah, and I think they do a wonderful job with that. Like, there's some really really great costuming choices and that sort of thing in the mm. movies. Um, Although I don't understand the little metal things in Peter's collars. Yeah, the little gold things. I don't so know. irritating. I don't, maybe I, they're like knives he can pull out and use as weapons. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're all about. I, they just drove me crazy. I was like, that looks so uncomfortable and not attractive. I don't know. I didn't get it. Maybe anyway. it's Effie giving him something gold. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that was my only thought too. Yeah, I, that she wanted to add something gold to his costume. Because I, she has a little t- team building thing, which is so sweet. Mm, yeah, yeah. She's very I cute. love her. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah. But yeah, there are the um the this time, of course, uh, they we're playing the Hunger Games again. But it's a Hunger Games quarter quell, which means that it's made up of former Hunger Games champions. Well, it doesn't always mean that they have a special this one every quarter quell, and he's yeah. well, it's because President Snow is gone. We have to wipe them out. Let's yeah. do it with this yes. game. So anyway, they're playing in this. I don't, I don't oh no, it wasn't Snow Champions though. It was League. Plutarch Heavens. Well, Plutarch, of course, it's his makes plan the suggestion. To get them out. Yeah, uh, but basically, we're playing in this like cha- Champions League where people who have already won the Hunger Games. Uh, playing again and Katniss is the only female winner from District 12 so she is obviously called up and uh, Peter and Hamish uh, I think Hamish's name gets pulled out but Peter volunteers as tribute because Peter is the most wonderful guy ever well also he wants to be closer to closer to Katniss and try to make sure that she survives right because Peter is the most wonderful guy ever yeah yeah and obviously and And Hamish probably wouldn't be quite so well, when he talks about the baby. Yeah, bringing up the baby to try and get the games cancelled and to try and yeah, yeah. get people to like her and try and save her. Yeah, I thought it was – that was really good. I I liked that whole, like, everyone's just out there and they hate being there and there's no bones about it. 
Okay, this is something else I noticed. There's a lot of looking directly into the camera in this. Yeah. Um, which Caesar Flickerman, who was also wonderfully yeah. played by Stanley Tucci and mm-hmm. just brilliant and funny um, and, like, creepy in that kind of mm. TV host way. Yep. Um, he looks directly into the camera all the time because yeah, yeah. he's doing the show, but it makes us the audience, like, the capital and stuff. Right, right. Thing, like, the voyeuristic thing. And then Joanna Mason does it as well when yeah. she's being interviewed. She looks directly into the camera and yeah. that's brilliant. And then at the end of the movie, Katniss does it when she's shooting the arrow. Mm. So it's all really interesting yeah, the well, way that they've sort of decided to like directly involve the audience by looking at us. Well, it's it's an it's important. It's actually and this is a really good movie to translate into the film medium, mm. precisely because it's all about how we watch. It's about how we get entertained by a celebrity romance, which is there to distract us from the real problems of, mm. that are going on in our world and and the way that the media is manipulated and the way that the, they use these things to just you know keep the sheeple down. And getting amusement out of people's pain like yeah. that a, lot of, a lot of the uh, reality shows do. Right, exactly. And sort of objectifying – and this has come up because it really did happen after the movie came out – objectifying people who are living in poverty and terrible conditions. Mm. So the people in the capital do that in the film. But in real life, CoverGirl decided to release a range of makeup that included such looks as coal miner – from mm. District 12 and whatever all the other districts are because I don't yeah, know which them. Yeah, funny because that's exactly it's what they do. It's completely <laughs> ridiculous. Like I totally understand companies wanting to tie in with this because this movie has done amazing business. This movie is now is the fourth highest opening movie of all time. Awesome. Behi- it's behind like the Avengers, Iron Man 3 and I can't remember what the other – and the first the – first, it might be the second Harry Potter Part 7. Okay. That's the only other movies that have done better than this on an opening weekend. So I totally understand why you would want to – tie in with this if you're a marketing company but oh my god that was just really really missing the point yeah and also making the or point. perfectly getting the point but the and, wrong point <laughs> or well yeah that's right it may it just makes the point of the movie so much more perfect yeah it's a really good movie for the times i find actually have you been i don't know if you keep up with how well you keep up with news you saw you would have seen russell brand's thing the other week in the new statesman yeah nope no okay so uh, about four weeks ago russell brand classic Shakespearean fool extraordinaire, much like our, our Hamish in this movie, uh, he edited an edition of uh, The New Statesman, which is a left-leaning magazine, comes out of the UK, and it was called Revolution Edition. And he wrote this editorial to lead the whole thing off that uh, basically incited the population to throw the, that our current system of democracy wasn't working, that it's not representing the people and we really need to overthrow it and start again and come up with something better. And he was very much on the side of the kids who were rioting in London a couple of years ago. And he, he sort of seemed to have tapped into something that's going on in the world at the moment where people, the real everyday people, are recognising that their governments actually aren't representing them that well mm. and that the system of so-called democracy that we have might not be all that democratic. And I think this movie kind of taps into that spirit of revolution I've been noticing Mm. in both regular culture and pop culture lately. And I think that's a really good movie for the times in terms of making making the audience question all these things. Like our world hasn't got to the Hunger Games stage yet and God forbid it won't, but there are so many parallels. I I believe Suzanne Collins came up with the idea for this book while she was flicking channels and she flicked between Iraq war footage and reality TV Mm. and she just kind of was – the juxtaposition made her kind of freak out a bit. So 
it's one of those you know um, anti-utopian stories it's very much set in the real world and I think it's a really good movie for the times but it made me kind of feel a bit like revolution is possible we can change the world it, it makes me feel really good coming out of it like you know people power kind of yeah. thing and it's funny because then you see all the media harping on about you know is it Katniss and Gail or Katniss and Peter and all that sort of stuff did Jennifer Lawrence lose enough weight like what the hell Nothing- no but that's, that's oh, the yeah, thing team, who, are you team Gail or are you team what's his name Peter but that's but the thing is yeah. that they're doing exactly what they do in the books yeah like exactly what Ridiculous. they do in the books which is kind of hilarious when you think about it and kind of um, important when you think about it as well. But um, mm. there's something else I was going to say. No, I'm was. so sorry. I got off on a revolutionary No, no, no. Tangent. I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. But there was something else I was going to say that was related to that. Yeah. And now I've forgotten what it was. Um, I don't know. A revolution. Inspiring. Oh, it's also a really good movie for young girls mm-hmm. because Katniss is a great hero. She's an awesome hero. She is very much um, – has a lot of agency. Like there's a lot of stuff in these movies about how people try to use her as pawns yep. or in the books about how people try to use her as a pawn yep. and Peter as well. Yeah. And, and being- there's something Peter says in the first movie where he says, I just, even if I die, I just want them to know, I want to be myself and I want them to know who I am. Yep. And um, I think it's interesting to see Katniss sort of, everybody keeps her from th- knowing things and, and manipulates her and stuff, but she always makes her own decisions, Yep, which is really great. I think it's really wonderful that we have an actress in Jennifer Lawrence who's a bit like that She's because the great. life of an actress, the life of a young actress in Hollywood is a lot of that. People who want to do this with you and object, make you an object in this way or make you an object in that way or force you into this particular mold of hair hairstyle or body type or do these only these type of roles or you're a comedian, you're not a comedian. And she's really wonderful in that she never buys into all that stuff and it's part of her charm and that's why she's so popular online is because she just says it like it is. She can't be bothered worrying about, you know, if she's on a diet or whether she looks a certain way or and she doesn't seem to – she just seems to choose the roles that she's interested in rather than anything else. It's the life of, a, of a, an, an actress but it's often the life of a girl. Mm. A lot of – and in much more than, than men mostly and you – and and young girls grow up with a lot of people having different expectations on them, trying to mould them into one thing or another and telling them that they have to, you know, become mothers, they have to get you know, do this at school, they have to get go down this path, they have to be nice, they have to not speak up when they see injustice. And- well, that's, that's one mm. of the things I thought about Katniss while I was watching it and mm. afterwards is that she's always a good person. Um, even when she's like thinking about hurting people, she's yep. still kind of a good person. She's a protector of the elderly or people who can't protect themselves so much. Yeah, well, like Rue, who was a tiny, tiny kid. Or Rue, yeah, or in this one, Wyrus and BT and... Yep. And, and Mags, um, who are yep. all other tributes, that sort of thing. Well, I always got and the Reese say at the beginning. Got the idea in, in the first movie that she never wanted, like she never wants to kill anybody. She would only ever do it. Almost, she only ever does it in defense. Yeah, but she can do it in she defense. She can as do well. it. If she but the has thing to. is, she's like she's a good person, but she's not nice. No, she and she's never nice. She doesn't do well with niceties, and and you know she's not good. Mm. At, social sort of situations and she's mm. uh she's very stubborn and angry and and right. that sort of thing she's not she doesn't work in that sort of situation like she doesn't do well at being dressed up and told to play nice and that sort of thing and you can see it and i think this is one of the reasons why she's such a good actress is that when you see katniss on screen and stuff she's all fake smiles and they look fake because they are yeah and she's really sort of got that 
sense of who Katniss is, is that she hates all of this stuff, but she'll try and do it to save people. But that's that's one of the mm. great things about her as a character is that she's while she's a good person, she's also never really nice. And she yeah. can she is able to do things that maybe some other characters wouldn't right. get away with mm. and still be relatable and heroic and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and a lot of the reason that girls get told to be nice is in order to maintain status quo, you know, be nice, don't rock the boat. And she she's never, ever going to be that person. She will always rock the boat. And yeah. she's a wonderful role model. And it made me so excited when we turned up to the cinema on Friday night and found a packed cinema that was basically evenly split between girls and boys. Mm. There was a group of teenage boys probably aged between about 14 and 16 by the looks of them, like 10 or 12 teenage boys who rocked up in our cinemas. And I'm not usually – you know, delighted to see a group of teenage boys rock up in my cinema. But these guys did all by themselves. There were no girls with them. There were no mums with them. They were just – they wanted to come and see this movie because they thought it was cool. And yeah. that made me so excited because she is a really – Or because they like Jennifer Lawrence. I don't care. <laughs> they wanted to come and see it though. They still went out and saw it. They didn't, they're not downloading it. They're paid for their tickets. Or possibly depending on the group of boys because there's an option of Liam Hemsworth getting shirtless. Well, that, that's also true. But again, they wanted to come and see it. They heard about it, voluntarily spent whatever small amount of teenage money they could get their hands on going to see it at mm. the movies. And I think that's a that's a really big deal because I, I think the first – it obviously has a really broad appeal to girls and girls are definitely probably the main part of book readers. But I was so excited to see that. And, and like I said before, um, I'll, I'll link to these um, statistics in the show notes, but the box office for this has been amazing. Because there has been like a it, – it's been attracting not just the girl audience. It's attracting everybody because mm. it's really well done. So There's I was also made this excited. core to Katniss – sorry, getting mm. back to the thing we were saying before. Yeah. That she's um, – like she can't help but be defiant – yeah, <laughs> like there's the bit where um where she has to show her skill. Yeah, and she sees the picture that Rue painted. Of, I mean, that Peter painted of Rue, and she yeah. goes in and so she she makes the Seneca crane model up and she hoists him up for, in front Fantastic. of everybody and hangs him. I love uh, her. And then she does that snarky little bow at the end. It's so great. It's um, fantastic. Yeah. Something else about the casting too. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. The girl that they cast is as. Prim, Katniss's sister, yep. who's called Willow Shields, Shields yep. has the same little chin dimples as Jennifer Lawrence does. Cute. It's such good casting. That is good. Anyway. She's really that good, was... that kid, actually. I saw Sorry, her interviewed on just... the um on the red carpet the other day, and somebody, some dumb journalist tried to ask her if she was Team Peter or Team Gale, and she's like, I'm Team Katniss. <laughs> Katniss is just out there trying to do her best. She's not really worried about boys, but, you know, they're just there to help her. Mm. And I'm like, yay, this kid. It's interesting, too, because most of Katniss's major decisions were made with – a lot of Katniss's major decisions are made with Primrose in mind. Right, not she's with, trying to protect her. Yeah, not with any boys in mind, although she does make a lot of decisions to try and protect Gail, uh, Peter mm -hmm. um, and Gail to a lesser extent. Right. Actually, I will link into in the show notes to an article that I've read. The one I was – I referred to it before when I talked about Sina being maternal. There's an article from Ms. Magazine, which is a feminist magazine, all about the reversing of gender roles in the Hunger Games. And mm. so we get Katniss, our hero, who's often trying to protect the men she loves, mm. the men who are quite often in trouble and need her to help them and who also tend um, – they're they're strong characters in their own right, but they're not Katniss, and they're sort of secondary, and they're the people she's protecting. Mm. So th there's some interesting stuff about the way gender roles get played within this. Yeah, around those. There's some interesting characters. stuff that you'll find out later about Finnick that sort of plays into that too. And then, of course, Joanna, who's like the toughest woman ever. Yeah, <laughs> and so great. She's so great. so great. I didn't. I saw like you. You maybe she maybe gets five minutes of screen time. 
maybe a little more. She doesn't get a lot of screen time, but I, I saw her and I'm like, well, she I has like her. that great scene, um, the the elevator scene, which is from the book. Um, yeah, and yeah. what I re- one of the other things I really like about it is that it gives these important character moments time to breathe. Like they could have easily rushed through this and just hit on the major plot points. Mm. Um, but it gives moments for character building and also for like some of the more detailed elements of the plot to sort of breathe and, and let you kind of see what's going on. And then it kind of fails in that in the end. But like mm. for a lot of it, like that that's an important character moment for Joanna. Right. And they hold it on that really uncomfortable moment where she gets naked in the elevator for ages and just watching Katniss's face as she reacts to it and everything. It's such a good moment. That's some of the best reaction shot I've ever seen of Jennifer Lawrence's face reacting to <laughs> Joanna getting naked in the elevator. That was just wonderful. Yeah, and that's why we love Joanna. She's like Katniss. She can't help but be defiant. Mm. She can't help but want to rock the system. And then the more characters like that in a mainstream film aimed at teenagers, the better. But the other thing is that she's not actually an adversary for Katniss. No. Um, They become friends and they talk and they, you know, and she helps Katniss a number of times. Mm. Remember who Um, the real enemy is. That's not her. No, it's not her, but that's the theme of the whole thing of the games is yeah. remember who you're really fighting. And speaking of what I was saying before, the posters have Katniss looking directly out at us with remember who the real enemy is and she's holding a b- yeah. bow and arrow and like shooting at us. So there's that too. And there's also, I like all of the elements of like the design of the cities and stuff. Like there's this bit mm. where President Snow is talking to everybody and the whole sort of setup looks like Metropolis, yes. the movie Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a lot of elements of that kind of design in there and I don't know what it's called uh, or it's anything. It's German neo uh no it's german something yeah, german no, impressionism it's no that's painting i feel like it, i don't i feel like it's, it's german, not german expressionism because that's impressionism or maybe it is yeah because oh. german expressionism is um um cabinet of dr caligari with the yeah yeah shadows that's earlier that but this is the, so what we're talking about is um Me- yep. metropolis is from about 1930 directed by fritz yeah. lung it's german and it's it is a very particular visual style it's used I I made a note of this last time I watched. It's used in the Lion King, yeah, to quite effect, to quite great effect. Well, the Lion King has got a lot of German stuff in it. It's also got that um, yeah. very famous um, nod to Triumph of the Will. Yes, with all the that's what I'm talking about. Marching. That's what I'm, that's the scene I'm talking about. So it's that it's that era of um, German filmmaking, which yeah. so influenced Leni Riefenstahl when she came along to be Hitler's propaganda minister. And I, I'm assuming. Uh, this is, but yeah, Metropolis is a few years earlier. It's pre, sort of predates Hitler. Well, but that's why I said German stuff. I don't know yeah, what it's called. <laughs> it's called something. We'll look it up. Yeah, we'll have because well, I can't um, remember it off the top of my but head. But yeah, either. that that was very effective in mm. the like framing of President yep. Snow and stuff. And he's so good. I mean, I liked him in the first one as well. He's so like creepy, and he has that kind of affable exterior when he's talking about really nasty things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's this whole reference, which I, which wasn't in the movies, about how um, he has all those white roses. Yes. And they smell like death. Oh. And so, which you can't get across really no, very well in a movie. smell of vision. Um, yep. <laughs> but, yeah, that's one of the reasons why that's like a big motif for him is that the white roses and they look pretty and they smell like death. Um, oh, and that's kind of like wow, a yeah. metaphor for his character as well. Yeah, so th- I like that they kind of – nodded to those things and alluded to things. And I like that they gave some time for the characters to be complicated and interesting and not just like one-dimensional characters, mm. which is really neat. And it's it's about more than just our hero as well, which is important. I yeah. Think. There is that bit though at the end. I, I didn't think that they, 
I, I know it would be really hard to do, but like the lightning tree ending was not particularly clear. Um, how everything happened and worked and stuff was like it came, it went really fast, and they decided. I mean, it had to be at night because it was at night, but it's really hard to see what's happening as well. I was I was okay with it. I understood what was going on. Okay. I was a bit worried that not everybody had survived. I was particularly worried that Peter wasn't going to survive. Yeah. No, it seemed to work fine. I have a lot of time where, in this movie particularly, you know when they had the monkeys, which was one of my favorite bits of the whole thing was sitting there and, like, you see one monkey on a tree and I could hear, like, everybody in the audience who had read the book go, ooh. And people who hadn't going, hee monkey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People who hadn't were just like not reacting or whatever. And like the people who had read the book were like, oh my God, like in dread because of those monkeys. Yeah. So I thought mm. that was funny, but I couldn't tell who was Peter and who was Finnick. Oh, right. No, I could. Yeah, that was fine. I had a lot of trouble with that, but I, yeah, because oh, okay. when it got dark, I couldn't see it. I, I never, I, it just annoyed me. It, yeah. There were some times because they've got similar kind of faces. They're both got, they're both a bit chinny. Um, and, and blonde. And, and blonde. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, I could tell Sam some. Claflin is like twice the size of Josh Hutchison. Yeah. That's still. pretty much how you could tell. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have any trouble and I didn't have any visual trouble. I can remember clearly from the first one, there was some handheld stuff that made me like upset my tummy. Mm. I found the motion a bit hard to cope with. It didn't have any of that this time. Yeah. There was still, they're still used handheld and to great effect as well. Like in the middle of battle, it's a really good way to show that Katniss doesn't know what she can see. Like it's, it shows the confusion of the character and all that. Mm. And, and that was fine. But I, yeah, I found it this one probably slightly visually better than the first one, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the mm. color palette was pretty extreme, mm. but I kind of liked the sort of rose tinted world of the capital. Like everything was pink or purple. Yeah. Um, was kind of cool. And That's I kind clever. of like the idea as well that like the most real looking place was the Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the world was like really, really blue, gray color in. Mm. Um, uh, District 12 yeah, and then pink in the capital and then there's all that kind of orange and pink, uh, orange and blue and that sort of thing. And like mm. the grey of the um, of Thresh and Rue's District 11? District 11, yeah, yeah, yeah. But And yeah, then the real, it sort of all came alive once they got into the arena because mm-hmm. I think that shows that like the most real place now for Katniss is the arena. Yep, that's it. Um, that's the, um, and she's been haunted by it for so long and stuff and then mm. it seems like kind of like a dream when she's out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was just looking up the first Hunger Games to see who directed it. It was a different director. They have changed. It's it is it's it's definitely slightly visually a bit better this time around. And I I feel like I enjoyed it more than last time. I was a little time. bit dip- disappointed though about the music. Yeah. I didn't think it was that great. Okay. But that's like a very minor thing. Again, that it's something a lot of I don't notice. I didn't actually notice this time. I mean, it was there was some loud and heavy score in some bits. Yeah. But I didn't It's not really just that. It doesn't it. stick with you at all. Like you just forget it as well, soon as you leave. If I heard that music, I wouldn't necessarily think I, Hunger that Games. That was my yeah. I did think oh, that sounds very much like the um, Inception score. Is what I thought was what yeah. it reminded me of, which is a great score. But it, it sort of you know, reminded me of other scores. But I, I see what you mean. But I mean nothing to. That's not going to take marks off it. Really, no. it's not a big deal. I think. One of the things that is so great about it and was really good, I thought, about the first one, having – I watched the movie and then I read the books. But, like, I think they're both such good adaptations because you still get all the major important things. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are done even better, like, because you get to go out of Katniss's point of view. You get to see different things, yep. which is really, really cool and interesting. Yeah. I mean, not better, but, like, because obviously – I mean, they sort of – More effective? Uh, more effective for a movie audience. Yeah. Like it's perfect for an, as an adaptation because it makes these books into movies mm-hmm. without leaving out important things because Harry Potter just sort of went. It left out. It. 
Yeah, yeah. There's they so didn't much... even get the themes or the relationships or like the mm. core of the relationships. And I feel like the core of who everybody is in the relationships is really good in these yeah. movies. Um, and the themes are really well expressed in these movies. Whereas right. Harry Potter, it's just like well, in Harry Potter, particularly, there's a lot of movies in Harry Potter where if you hadn't read the books, you wouldn't actually know what was going on. Particularly the fourth one. But I haven't read these Hunger Games books, and I'm deliberately now avoiding them until I finish the film series because mm. I, I actually want to. I I just want to watch them, and I'm enjoying it. But I've never had any trouble keeping up with what's going on. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed them regardless of not having having read them. I'm sitting here sort of like, this was my favourite. Yeah. It was my favourite movie and it was my favourite of the books. Oh, good. I'm kind of nervous about the next one. Not because I don't think it'll be a good adaptation, although the books are very complicated and I know they're making it into two movies. Um, <laughs> but I'm nervous because of what happens in them. It's not. It's like my least favourite by a long way, the okay. next book. But yeah, um, I don't want you to spoil me, but okay, cool. I'm trying not. I, mean, yeah, no, I don't, don't think that's particularly no, spoilery. No, it's not. But... It's not. And I've, tr- I've tried to avoid it. but I And do you might go, like it. I do go on Tumblr, so I, I, there's a chance I will be spoiled, but, but I will try and avoid it. Yeah. I also recently found out that the first two books were three years apart. Oh. 2006 to 2009, and then the third one came out in 2010. Right, so there and it's was longer. Probably pressure to make a to keep from yeah. the publisher to keep going because the first one had been so popular. Yeah, exactly. And the third one is just not to me. It's not as good, but yeah, I won't tell you why. So, what was your score for Catching Fire? I gave Catching Fire four out of five stars. Um, yeah, me too. Four out of five. Cool. So, thank you very much for listening to Silver Screen Queens. If you want to know anything more about stuff that we've talked about today and read our show notes you can do that on our website silverscreenqueens.com i nearly forgot our website address there but it's silverscreenqueens.com so <laughs> if you want to read katie's review of catching fire or of any of the other movies that she's been watching you can do that at her blog which is silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com if you want to get in touch with us it's probably easiest to do that by liking our facebook page or by hitting us up on twitter at screen underscore queens and we also have a tumblr where we post some extra nerdy content (laughs) about the movies that we see which is tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com so come and check us out over there as well thanks for listening bye bye